This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Mully and today I'm joined by Jamie Castle as we go through the Sheffield United and Bristol City games before looking ahead to Saturday's clash with Blackburn Rovers. First of all, Jamie, it's just us two today, but how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you doing? It feels a bit weird. It's, it's a light call today. It's uh, nice and quiet right, Stephen, that's for sure. That's it, yeah. I'm always waiting for, for Stephen to call me out for something, but yeah, lucky <laughs> enough, I'm... Uh, I can rest easy now and we can, yeah, we can progress. Um, first of all, we'll, we'll go through the Sheffield United game, obviously one that I missed, but Jamie, you were there, uh, Stephen was there and Dylan was there as well. So yes, yes, three of us. Just me who missed out on the delightful performance and subsequent result. We'll, we'll go straight for it and, you know, with, with all this optimism, with all this positivity at the moment, I think we're, we're always prone to days like that and, you know, a 2-0 result, um, not playing too well. I wouldn't say it was coming, but we, we've also got to accept mm. that that's the reality of playing in the Championship. Yeah, of course. I remember saying to you, I think on the Friday, like, I can't believe you won't go in, like, if you've bit this weekend away or whatever, I'm like, you, you idiot. And I think in hindsight, you're the one that, that won because um, yeah, it wasn't the best of games, I think. F- first half, I think to be fair, I guess I I, um, I spoke to a, a Blade supporting workmate um, on, on the Sunday and he said that he, he thinks we gave them a bit too much respect in that first half um, because I think that they, they mentally were a bit fragile after... Obviously losing, um, it was it, I think they lost the derby and then they drew to Preston after being two 0 up. So mentally they were pretty fragile and it, 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 and and he thought that we gave him a bit, bit too much respect. Which I think, I, I guess at first I didn't think of it in that way, but in hindsight we probably did. Um, but yeah, as you said, we, we were on such a high after Bournemouth and then to back it up with a, 
a solid win against Reading. Obviously, it wasn't amazing, but it was solid. We, we sort of it was a sort of win that you expect a, a top side to to to, to have. Um, and then to go to Bramall Lane, and I think obviously everyone's a bit a bit excited, sort of for a lot of us, the first time at, at Bramall Lane, especially it was, was for me. We, we've not played there since two thousand and five. Um, so I think everyone was 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 there. I guess more in hope that actually we, maybe we could do a nine point week, and it so turned out that after a a mad five minutes really in the second half to go two down, and then Burke with a red card, uh, and then the game was sort of done then from that minute on. So there's not really much you can analyse after the Reese Burke red card because ultimately you're two down to ten men, and and the game's done. I was so jealous going back. I was so jealous before the game and you all messaging in the group chat about meeting up and going for a pint before and I was just thinking I wish I was going to this game but you know by the final whistle as you say I think I'm the one that that won in the end Um, just looking at that sort of three minute madness when you know um, basically the game was taken away from us with two quick goals and then Reese Burke was sent off as well it was quite strange because Sheffield United found themselves in the exact same position against Preston, where they were man to man to the good, and were also two 0 down, and they were again pegged back to two all. So, do you think that? Do you find that disappointing in the way that that's happened? And you know, it was open for it to happen again, and we haven't really capitalised. Or you still along the line of thinking that you know we've come so far in recent weeks as well, and. It was just, as we said, one of those occasions. Yeah, I mean, I guess like like you were saying about the Preston game, I guess, yeah, in hindsight, maybe we could have gone for it a bit more. But there was one moment and I, and I stood next next to Dylan for the game and we both said there was a, a Henry Lansby free kick. I think it was like, it was, it was wide right, sort of not far from the corner flag, where you know what, if, if he whips a good ball in here, 15 minutes to go and we get ahead on it and make it 2-1. I think we would have gone on to, to get something from the game. But in those situations, that Lansbury, it was a poor ball in. And then it, it was those sort of scenarios that just weren't quite going in our favour or we weren't quite sort of... We, we, we weren't on, if like it's, it's, hard, it's hard to explain, but I don't know, it, it just it felt like one of those games where it just was never going to work out for us. And it, yeah, like I said, it was, it was a, a mad three minutes and probably could have done better for the first. I don't think Reese should have took the red card personally. I mean, Sonny in his post-match seems to think that he had no choice. But for me, I'd just let him go. I mean, as, as a centre-forward, Ream Brewster, yeah, he costs a lot of money, but he's, he's not in the best in the best form. I think it, it was his first goal last Saturday for Sheffield United. So let him go, back your keeper. And if he scores, he scores. It's 3-0, but you've got 11 men. And at least Reese would have been would have been about to play last night. But ultimately, if he misses, you've got eleven men at two 0 and and then we, it, it would have been on us to to, to try and get some, get something from the game. Yeah, good point there. But I think that the fact that it all happens just so quick, I don't mm-hmm. think you have the time to think, and you know the yeah. nature of what happened. Yeah, it would been would have been interesting to see if he would have been would have, if he was through on goal, if he would have taken the opportunity, obviously scoring his first goal and and. You know, we're waiting to see if that will give him a load of confidence to, to go on and be that prolific forward that we, we expect him to be. Um, also, a key part of that game was was um, Muskway partnering Adebayo, and I know we'll come on onto it in a bit more detail in the polls, but he 
partnered um, he partnered Adebayo, partnered him again, Bristol City, and, and looking specifically at Sheffield United. What did you make of that performance? And do you think there's scope as the season progresses to, for him to you know progress to that that second striker next to to Adebayo on a more consistent basis? Yeah, I mean, obviously, so for, for Sheffield with Jerome that that he, that, he, that he was with, and and I, I don't think we helped the forwards out that much. I mean, I think there's a stat that I saw um, Luton News uh, put out um, saying that I think Jerome had like ten touches, Miskwe had like eight touches, and okay, yeah, you, you could say, oh, well, yeah, well, they've, they've got to drop deeper and try and receive the ball and actually try and get into the game, but ultimately, it's also on our midfielders to try and get the ball up to them and try and stretch the play. So I think it's hard to judge Musgrave on the Sheffield United game because ultimately I think, he, I'm guessing he would have only landed from Cameroon on the Thursday. So so to land, to, to, to fly from Cameroon to to, to Luton on, on the Thursday, he probably had half a day, uh, like, probably had like half a day's training at best um, to then go to then Bramwell Lane for a, a tough, a tough game, big occasion. You can't really judge Musgrave on, on, on that game really and we'll, we'll move on from that the, the um, next game obviously came quick enough and it was yesterday's game against Bristol City we ran out as, as 2-1 winners far from comfortable I think we have to say you know the, the, the way the game played out I was just you know biting my nails and everything because it was just one of those games where it just didn't seem to go right from the very start we couldn't find, we couldn't go through the midfield. There was no passing lanes. Nobody really looked like they wanted to wanted the ball. But we found ourselves 1-0 up at half-time thanks to Lockyer's header. And, you know, he, he loved that one, we could tell. Uh, but going into the first half, what were your thoughts? Because I was just thinking, I, I was trying to go through and, and think of a, a first half that we'd placed worst in and were winning. Yeah, I mean, I hated it, and, and not just the first half. I hated the whole ninety minutes. I, I turned to the lads that I, that I sit with in the Kenny, and I'm like, I did not enjoy tonight at, at all. It was just yeah, yeah, there was nothing to get excited about. Like a little bit when Fred came on, sort of he 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 looked lively, he, he looked lively, but just the whole game, I just didn't enjoy it whatsoever. And yeah, I mean, I I, I appreciate six six changes, and there's a few people with, with cobwebs, but yeah, I guess. Thinking back to like the Harrogate game, it was very similar. Just we just couldn't get our foot on the ball, and yeah, super frustrating. But ultimately, right, we got three points, and that that at the end of the day is is what it matters. As you say, it was was three points, and you you think if we put that kind of performance in last year or the season before, which we were quite prone to, we wouldn't have got anything, let alone a point, let alone all three points. So mm. to come out of that and and win all three points, I think was just massive for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this time, this time last year, if if, if we put in that performance, we would have lost, um, lost the game probably, or at, at worst got a point. Um, but I guess that that's how we're developing as a side now. Because this time last year, we we wouldn't have had Eli in the form that he's in. We wouldn't have have had Pelly in the form that he's in. I think he's he's currently probably in the best form of his Luton crew at the minute. He's he's re- really solid at the minute. Um, James Bree, fantastic. So, like, just all over the squad, we're, we're improving and it, it's good to see. Yeah, you mentioned him there, James Bree, someone that, you know, he's come under his fair share of criticism this this year and I think that's solely to do with set-piece delivery because, you know, his all-round game, I think, has been, been good all season. But, you know, he, he 
he's combining that now with his good set piece delivery, and we're starting to see such a good player in him, aren't we? Oh yeah, I mean from from day dot, I, I, I always thought he was going to be a great right back. I I didn't quite think that he would be as good as as like Jack Stacey that, that Nathan said in one of his post matches, but I always knew that he would be a good championship right back, and he, he's showing that now and. All this this breeze stick that he got back in sort of October November time it was all based on his set pieces and oh he can't be the first man but ultimately he's trying to hit that near post and all he's got to do is hit that one time out of ten and it will be a goal like if, for me what's the point just floating it in and and like try, hoping that one year and a half gets on a header from the penalty spot that's probably going to be saved by the keeper it's just it's just it's just pointless because it like it just it means that you rarely score from a corner, um, but no, he's 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 brilliant from, from set pieces now, and um, yeah, last night was fantastic. An interesting thing was that you know there was all these complaints that he can't beat the first man, and Dylan I think was the first one to say, well, mm. he might be might be told to do that. That that might be the the way we're we're trying to take corners and get men to the front post. But, you know, Jones mentioned yesterday about Sheehan, the impact he's had on set pieces. And, you know, since the, the Bournemouth game, well, that the Bournemouth game and Bristol City game, the, the two games that um, Bree has started in, he's now finding the, the far post and it's sort of coming with its rewards. Yeah. So do you think, not take the credit away from Bree, but you no, know, share some of it to, to Sheehan? I think what, what they're doing now is they're trying to switch up a little bit because um, ultimately I think if you always hit the first post then uh, as a defensive team you know what stick two men on, on that near post make sure you win the header and then and then you're done whereas if you if you add a bit of it very if you add a bit of variability in, in in what you do it's a lot harder to to um to actually defend that that corner and it's a bit like the teams playing out from the back. Ultimately, the, the teams that can't play out the back are the teams that have no have no variability in, in how in how they do it. I was listening to um, the, the the MK manager on the radio last night on on, on the drive back, and and he, he was alluding to having variability in what you do because it, it's it's harder for the other team to defend against that. And I think you, you can add, you can add that to set pieces. You ultimately you need to sometimes hit the near post, sometimes hit, hit the far post. And you'll probably get the best you get the best rewards by doing that. Certainly. And another player I wanna to, wanna to come on to is Gabriel Osho playing his first game since I think early November. So it was good to see well, sorry, starting for the first time since early November. Good to see him back in the side and you know, at the start of the year we were speaking about him being that holding midfielder. That hasn't really happened in terms of playing there regularly. Yesterday tasked with with coming in at centre back and, you know, a, a a strong defence recently. Bradley Naismith and and Burke have been a very sort of strong trio in recent weeks, and to to come into the side and you know play for the first time in a very long time in a side with so many changes, I think we've got to give him credit. Yeah, and I'm not sure what what you would have thought at at six forty five yesterday, but when I saw the team, I would have assumed that Ray would have been that central defender and Osho in midfield. I'm I'm, I'm not sure what what you would have thought. I was thinking similar, yeah. I was, yeah. I was 50-50, really. I was going through it and yeah. thinking, yeah, it's two options that you could really go for here. Yes, yeah, so, so when, I, when I saw it, it was actually Osho and centre-half. I, I thought, you know what, that, that's a, a big shout. And I like Osho. I, I, I have a lot of hope for his, his future in a Luton shirt, but I thought he was very vulnerable last night. Um, I think as that central defender, he 
missed a few headers and he overshot the ball a little bit. I mean, ultimately, White, like he's he's a young lad and he's learning, but he would probably learn a lot from last night. And he was by no means the gay boss show that I, I know he, he can be. Um, so ultimately, yeah, we got the three points, but I thought he was left a bit vulnerable. Yeah, I think he did have a difficult task on his hands, you know, physically competing with Chris Martin. Not too many defenders actually win that battle. But yeah, he, he, I do get what you mean, but he did seem a little bit exposed. But I think on the ball, I'm, I'm starting to, yeah. to trust him a lot more now. And I feel like he's a player that, you know, offers a lot in, in terms of starting attacks. And I think that was something that, that um, struck me last night, that the fact that he was trying to play into midfield and there was just no... No real options. It it looked at the start. It looked like we didn't really want to play football, and it looked a little bit at times that certain players didn't want to get on the ball, and they were happy enough to to do the diagonal and go into Elijah and you know play off that. And I know that that sometimes is a, a, a the strategy that we we go through, and it's something that we've become sort of accustomed to, especially when we've got players like Barry and Clark in the side, but. Again, I think it comes down to that variability factor and it was something that we didn't really have last night, especially the early stages. It was just that route one. It seemed quite route one. Yeah, and I, I was getting a bit frustrated actually with, with Shea and, and, and at the back because there was a few times where we could have easily played it to feet to, to Cow or or Lockyer and he just sort of he hesitated and that, that allowed Bristol City to get back into their into their shape. Um, so I think I think you're right because then ultimately once that option's gone, you then roll it out to the centre half about ten seconds later, and you, your midfield is covered by their midfield and and fair play to Scott and Masenga last night. I thought, I thought they, were, they were brilliant, but you could, we just couldn't get the ball into into Pelly's feet or or Ray's feet or or Berry's feet. So we had we had no choice but to go long and yeah, Osho pinged a few left and right, which was great. But then ultimately then what when they know you're going long, they can just stick to an Elijah. And it was hard for Elijah because ultimately they had one, I'm guessing someone like a, a Vino on, on Elijah in the air. And then you had Masengo at his feet to, to get any knockdown. And that, that, was, that happened time and time again last night. And I think that's where you need your second striker to help you out. I don't think Musgrave was quite on those second balls last night. And if if he was on the second balls a lot more, we would have had a, a lot more luck, but but we didn't. Yeah, it was interesting what you say there. Um, you know, Scott and Masengo, two very, very good players and enjoyed good games for, for Bristol City. I think they were sort of nullified as, as the second half went on when Alan Campbell came on. Really impressed with him. I know, know you're a big fan, but it was, again, a very good performance from him, a very good cameo appearance and, and showing that he can be this, this player that we expect him to be. And I think it, it always was going to take a little bit of time coming from coming from uh, north of the border, coming down to the championship and, you know, changes set in. But I think we're, we're starting to really see the best of him now. Yeah, I think he's quickly becoming one of our most important players. I mean, a lot, quite rightly, has been, has been said of, of Nathan with an Adebayo, but I think it's time to start speaking about Canberra in, in that, that sort of bracket. I think he's quickly becoming one of our most important players, along, alongside Pelly, but I think it was visible last night that that sort of downgrade from from Campbell to like a Ray or a Berry again. I love uh, I love Berry, but it just um, yeah. When when Campbell came on, you, you could just see it was just a bit more hunger and a bit more 
sort of relentlessness in in the midfield and well, I think both Campbell and and, and Fred changed it because because wasn't getting our, our our press right in that first half and when when Fred came on and when Campbell came on we were just better in better in our press um, and that's what Campbell's great at great at pressing he's just yeah brilliant. Yeah, as you say, Fred's had a, a very good game as well. You know, the direct running, just general skill. I think his understanding of the game's growing now. He's at Luton, and I think yeah, it's, it's exciting to see his, his progression. I think it's a bit of a hindrance the fact that we're sort of operating in this five three two or five two one two, and that's a little bit of a hindrance. But you know, I think it'll help him become this sort of well rounded player that that we can hopefully keep for a long time and can bolster our our playoff push in the future yeah of course and I think we'll get on to it in the polls but if if Cornick's not back for, for Saturday I think he's he's got a fair shout to start up alongside Eli because I, I think Musgrave is struggling a little bit I, again still have a lot of hope for him in the Luton shirt but I think it's time for Fred to be to be given a, a start because like you said it it would he he was a victim of of the changing system to go from that that four two three one slash four three three to two a back three, but ultimately he seems like he might be able to adapt to that centre forward role, much like Cornick has. Obviously he started out as a as a white winger, but he's now playing as more more of a central forward. He, he like but that both Fred and, and Harry will never be proper out and out centre forwards. They will never be able to play up top on their own, but alongside someone as good as a as Elijah, I, I don't see any reason what why Fred can't be that person and I think we'll, we'll go on to it as well uh, Harry Cornick and Onya Dinma in a bit more detail but can you see that that sort of 5-2-3 happening where where Harry's pushed a bit wider Onya Dinma's you know on his, on his favourite left hand side and Elijah down the middle I mean on paper that looks brilliant but is that something you think that that can work so, so we did it a little bit, I think, against Blackpool. So we had um, we had Clark and, and Carlos as almost like this as false tens, uh, where they were false tens off of off of uh, um, Elijah, and that was fine because they were they were more narrow, so they weren't really out and out wide men. They were sort of they were like like, like I said, they were almost like tens. And I think if it's like that, then yeah, absolutely. But I think if it, if they are out and out wide players. And I feel like it might restrict a the wing backs. It, it might might restrict both Bell and Bree getting forward. And B, I think it might limit the midfield because I think it's always useful for 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 that ten. So let's say it's Clark to, to drop back into that midfield and, and have have that shield of three. Because I think ultimately, if you're playing if you're playing against like a four three three or or even like a, a a diamond, for example, if you only have those two actual midfielders and you've got those wide men instead, I feel like Campbell and Pelly might go might get overrun. Um, so I think if they sit narrower, so it's almost so they're almost like two tens in, in front of two two sixes slash two eights, and yeah, I think that might work. But yeah, I, I, I think you probably need someone a bit bit more technical in there, someone like a Clark in there alongside a Harry or, or a Fred. I think if you have two pacey wingers as, as false tens, I'm not sure it will work. If you have one alongside a Carlos, alongside a Clark, then then, then maybe. Yeah, as you say, it's a lot of lot for Nathan Jones to think about especially when he has a full team back at his disposal it'll be interesting to see sort of the kind of avenue he'll go down we'll go on to the polls now Jamie and three three crackers that you've put out <laughs> first one was was that the first at the worst first half of the season last night and 32% went yes um, by far and 68% were 
did you see Birmingham? And I guess the 32% might be suffering a little bit with recency bias. Yes, it was bad, but I think Birmingham was, was very bad. I mean, I, I was fortunate to have missed Birmingham, so I think by default it's yes for me, right? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't actually at the game, but I watched it back and... I don't know what that does. I don't know if that makes it worse or if it makes it better. I, I don't know. If, I think if you're in the moment of it and you're playing that bad, I think yeah. emotions are heightened, so you, you automatically think it's worse. So, yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be interesting to see or categorically if there was an answer, <laughs> which one yeah. was... Like, 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 I'm not sure, like, obviously, what Birmingham was like, but I guess the first half was like I imagined it would have been, and I I, I asked my granddad about that, and he's like, yeah, I mean it's it's the same sort of the, the same sort of game where like literally just can't get your foot on the ball, it was all all them and just so frustrating. Um, so I think it it, it might be on par with Birmingham. I'm not not sure if, if it's if it's better or worse, but ultimately they both would have been awful awful performances. Yeah, I guess so. Um, we'll, we'll go on to the second one now and targeting James Bree, obviously. Played a big part in both goals, and you could probably say he was the reason why we why we ended up victorious yesterday. And you asked, is Bree now one of the best right backs in the league? And ninety two percent went top five, and eight percent puts Kioso still starts. <laughs> so you know, it's it's hard though because I think Kioso has come in and done a good job. Um, he's quite I find it quite harsh that he's got someone like like Bree to contend with because you, you put him in most you, well you, you probably put him in say eight to ten championship sides and he'll be starting every week uh, I'm not sure if, if I'd say that I'm, I'm not sure if if he would start in a lot of championship sides I think absolutely to as a as a squad player in the championship he's, he's absolutely what you want I think what what Kioso has as the has the perk of is his ability to play in that on the right side of of a back three, and ultimately James Bree will only ever play in that in that right wing back role. I can't see him in any, in any other position. Maybe if, if we go to like a a four one four one away from home, then you might play him at, at, at right mid just to just to protect the right back. Maybe, but that's a, a once in a blue moon sort of sort of thing in terms of a of a general. James Bree, all he will do is play at right wing back, whereas Pete can play at that right centre half. Um, so yeah, I mean, Pete is great, and absolutely want him just to stick around and as foil for James Bree. I mean, he, up until last week, he played every minute. So if if he can lighten Bree's load a little bit and and make sure we have the best Bree as often as possible, as often as possible, then then brilliant. Hundred percent, yeah. I think Bree as well is what we were saying earlier. He's now adding that that final third quality that we know he has defensively. I think he did a really good job yesterday. Um, sort of down the lively, lively left flank at the start of the season, uh, start the the game. Sorry, he, he done well with the threat and you know then got forwards when he could. Um, couldn't very very often because we just couldn't keep the ball. But yeah, second half and the end of the first half, yeah, he started to sh- to really show his class. And we'll go on to the the third one, which was the one that we we keep alluding to, and it was when all fit, who starts next to Adebayo, and two percent went Jerome, one percent went Musquey, eighty nine percent went Cornick, and eight percent went Onyedima. So it's clear to see what Luton fans think. I think that's about that's about White as well, obviously. In terms of long-term form, Harry Cornick was on fire alongside Eli, and and I think if we can get back to that, then 
the playoffs are are a shout because I think them two as a front two was fantastic. But at the same time, obviously, Harry's been out for a while, and if he's going to be out for a bit longer, then then I think the others do have have a bit of time to state their claim. Um, I was thinking about it earlier in terms of in terms of those five as options, and I, I feel like Musquay seems a bit too like Eli and just like and, and like Jerome as well. I think I think Cam and and uh, Musquay seems as like foil for Adebayo in terms of rotation, whereas it looks like for me Cornick and Fred should be the the, the other striker options. So you you have one of Eli, Musquay, Cam, and then one of Cornick and Fred, and that, that's the way I see it anyway. I just feel like you need a bit more of a of a of a pacey, agile sort of winger type forward alongside Eli. Whereas Musquay, I think, ultimately could be a centre forward. I massively miss Cornick, and I think Millwall away, and you know uh, his performance against Coventry as well. Just think those two, him and Elijah, complement each other so well, and it was just. I think we didn't realise how lucky we were at the time having those two firing because I think he, I, th- I think Cornick raises Adebayo's game as well. I think Adebayo's been brilliant and he, even in his absence, he has been brilliant. But when those two are firing and, and you know connecting and all that kind of stuff, they are two very, very good players that just have helped out massively in the goal-scoring department. Yeah, and I was sent a, a, a little graph earlier by... By Ben and and uh, it showed just how good Eli and and Cornick actually are. So you've got Eli who is is in in the segment that is take a lot of shots and are overperforming at the XG, and he's alongside the likes of of Godden and and Jockers and Rich Jacobson. So decent. Obviously, you've got the likes of uh, Piro, Byman and and, and Mitro and 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 Brian Diaz sort of way ahead. But he's he's what he's easy top top five or six and the forwards. Then you've got Cornick, who is over, overperforming his XG, but that doesn't take too many shots, which you sort of see it because obviously he's foil for Eli and where possible you get the ball for Eli. But I guess it shows that in terms of his, his finishing this year, it was so much better than last year because he's, 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 compared to his XG, he's, he's doing brilliantly. Yeah, I think as well, um, Cornick, there was a graph that came out as well, I think at a similar time that, that showed his expected assists. Um, and the, the actual assist that he got which just shows that he is creating more than sort of the, the assists justify. So in that respect, Cornick's, Cornick has always been a player that can provide and now he's now he's added goals as well. It, it, it's a frightening prospect having him back fit and, and firing again, I guess. Yeah, it's brilliant. And, and even last year, obviously, he, he got he got some sticks, some some rightly, because ultimately, yeah, you've got one goal, and for a forward player to only get one goal, you, you demand more from a player like Cornick. But ultimately, what he didn't lack last year was his creativity and and his it, it's just just the threat that he gave us on the attack. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if he can provide that and his goals, I mean, absolutely frightening alongside Eli. Like I said, I don't see why we can't achieve the playoffs with both of them back fit. I'd love to see him back against Blackburn and that's exactly what we'll move on to now. A, a really good game for the neutral. 13 points from, from the last six for both clubs. So two teams on paper that are on form. Two teams, I guess, as well. Um, I guess there's player unavailability issues for both. Um, Brereton Diaz it, it will miss the game, definitely. And I think Dylan McCande as well, that they're signing from Tottenham. I think he... Is now injured as well. So, in terms of the forward line, I think it's 
not disastrous for them because they still got some very very good attacking options and they're still doing well in their absence but yeah two players that they they would have definitely have liked for for this occasion and i think joe ruffwell as well missed midweek game for them as well so yeah he's linked with bournemouth i think so yeah, yeah yeah so interesting to see if anything progresses with that and as we say though three important players but Again, it doesn't weaken them that much because they're they're a team. Surprisingly enough, with, with you know looking at the squad at the start of the season, you you know they're a talented side, but you just don't associate them with with doing very well all the time, do you? Yeah, no, and and I think I think you're right. I think a lot of it is very similar to us. Ultimately, we're only doing as well as we are because of Elijah, and they're only doing as well as they are because of Burton Diaz. I think that let's let's not lie about that. I think that we're two sides that are doing really well because of this our centre forward. So put it put it this way, I'm I'm pleased that we're playing a Blackburn without Burton Diaz because that that's a lot a, a lot less of, of a frightening prospect than than it would have been with him. Um, but in terms of the game, it's going to be interesting because it's almost like a clash of styles. Both play the same system. Both both sides are happy to concede possession, but equally play play on the counter, but can have have the ball if need be. So it seems very much like a clash of styles, and it's um it's going to be a very interesting game. Definitely, and I think that that stat arose today as well, saying that that both clubs haven't lost um all season from from winning positions as well. So places so much emphasis, doesn't it, on that that opening goal? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a tight game. I, I think the game will play out similar to the Fulham one. I think it will be. Um, I think we'll, we'll probably start strong, but I think uh, over the ninety, but we'll we'll see their quality. Um, just depends on on if if they do have have the likes of Rockwell and that. Um, but no, overall, it's it's, it's hard to really judge how we'll do um, but it's a game that I'm, that I'm looking forward to and I think it's a game where we need to put in a good performance I think on 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 Tuesday last night it was important to get the three points um, but I think for me after two two below par performances I, I want to see a, a good performance obviously you'd love to win but I, I want to see a performance like Bournemouth and, and like Fulham just to just to get us back on track from, from a performance perspective It'll be amazing to see what three points will continue to do for us. You know, three points yesterday takes us back into the top 10. Three points again on Saturday would just be unbelievable in terms of our, our chances of getting playoffs, which still sound very, very strange to me that we're competing to, to be in and around the playoff positions at this stage of the season. It's just something that, you know, we, we can talk about at the start of the season, but when it actually happens and you're actually in this position where we're knocking on the door, it's just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, and, and total kudos goes to Nathan and, and all the staff. So Mick, Chris, Paul, Alan now, and all the, all the staff, fantastic. And kudos to, to the board for, for backing Nathan with, with, with the, the signings that, that, Nathan, that Nathan has wanted. And it's, it, it's, it's proven successful in a minute. And I think if we went, went on Saturday, we can, go up, we can go up to ninth. So up one place, but... It will, it will maintain that six-point gap for the playoffs. And ultimately, if, if we're in that position with five games to go, I'd, I'd back us to, to to still be in the running for it. And looking at the grand scheme of things for, from a Blackburn perspective, they'll be viewing this as a, a shot of redemption. You know, we, we pegged them back right at the end at their place and they're, they're obviously doing very, very well this season. Do you still... Do you see them as automatic promotion contenders? Do you think they can go and you know secure glory and re- return to the top flight, 
or do you see them you know slowing down a little bit considering the quality that's immediately around them and, and just behind them do you can you see them dropping out of the automatic race and you know settling for playoffs or are they the real deal I think that they're now the real deal I think it gets to the point where when you play 28 games and you're you're up there with 52 points you've got to because of the real deal at the start of the season didn't think that at all I think they would have been top 10 but no chance up for the autos but I think that shows what a, a fantastic centre forward can do for you Ultimately, I'm not sure how many goals out out of, out of their 45 that Brett and Diaz has, but it's definitely probably around 25, I'd, I'd say, roughly. But, I mean, yeah, they have to because of the real deal. I think there's a few, there's, there's a few teams up the top that, that, that could could get autos. You look at Bournemouth and QPRs and stuff, and it's, it's a really exciting race. But ultimately, when you've got the likes of Bournemouth and QPR that are also being a bit inconsistent, it's going to be an interesting race. So Blackburn... I think I definitely have a good shot going up. Well, you you might need to add our name to the conversation if we win on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just as a disclaimer, I am completely joking. I'm not that. (laughs) I'm not like that. Um, We'll go on to the um, score predictions, Jamie. Obviously, a massive game as we've been speaking about. You know, both teams will be viewing this as a winnable game. uh, I I guess because the fact Luton are at home, we, we. feel like we can beat anyone at home. So, on that note, do you see a home victory at all? I, I said earlier that the game will play out a bit like the Fulham game, so I'm going to stick with the Fulham result, 1-1. I'm going to be just as boring. I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 as well. I, I, yeah, I think what you say about the Fulham game in terms of their quality might shine through, but we're going to be at it. And, you know, yeah, I, I can see this being a, a very good, very good advert for the Championship again. I think it'll be one of those kind of games. Well, that is all we have time for today. A big thank you to you, Jamie. As I said, it was just Jamie today. The other two <laughs> couldn't be asked to, to jump on the call and um, share their thoughts. But hopefully next week we'll, we'll get a full full list back on and yeah, we'll, we'll resume business as normal. But um, until then, um, we, we've got the February giveaway, uh, February ticket giveaway, sorry, to... Um, to, to basically advertise now because we're at a point where it's nearly happening um, another opportunity to win free tickets to uh, Kenilworth Road for, for a fixture in February so keep your eyes peeled on uh, social media on Twitter of course we're at Oak Road Hatter and on Instagram we're Oak Road Hatter Pod but until next week bye Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.